When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy Monday of a holiday week. We love it. It is also another victory Monday. We didn't get to celebrate a victory Monday last week. We get to go full on board with a Minnesota Vikings victory Monday on today's purple dailies before we die found on score North. I'm Jesse Pierce. I saw four and Minnesota wild sweep their latest homestand. Minnesota's winning winning. I am thrilled to be a Minnesota sports fan for maybe the first time in my entire existence of life floor down there. He's always a purple fan constantly he's not very good at his own thor's hammers we'll get into that later but uh he's down there spitting some things at us as always and over here ross brundle wearing a beautiful christmas shirt to commemorate the start of holiday week why don't you show us what you got ross uh sure as the comments have pointed out i have a resemblance to ralphie from a christmas story aka peter billingsley i will not hide from that although i will say the older i get and the more um well i just I followed the same diet since I was 15. All I do is eat frozen pizza. So you, you maybe don't look as good as you used to, but yeah, there's still a pretty good resemblance. I, I, I'd say. Right? Just, just beautiful. That was yeah. Peter Billingsley. That's like, yeah. Who's calling? Is that Peter Billingsley? It was Peter Billingsley. I wasn't afraid. My dear cousin, Emily, shout out to her. Who's trying to FaceTime me right now. She's probably not going to quit. I'm going to have to ignore that continuously, but guys, you know what? I'm not going to ignore. Another Minnesota Vikings comeback, not just any comeback, not just any second half uh, above average team for Minnesota, the NFL's greatest comeback. I'll admit it. I turned the game off. I didn't turn it off because my husband was still watching, but I walked away. I said, screw this, screw the team. Some other choice words when they were down by 33 to the Indianapolis messages too, right? Like I was just like, I'm done. I'm over this, whatever. I'm going to go enjoy my Saturday baking cookies with my children, which spoiler alert, not as enjoyable as most might think. It's more of a chaotic uh, problem, but you guys, we had the Minneapolis miracle. We had the miracle at the Met back in the eighties. What do we call this? What do we go with Saturday's comeback uh, over the Indianapolis Colts? Do we call it just the Minnesota miracle? I mean, there's got to be something even more powerful than miracle. Let's call it the stupid stunner. <laughs> I like, you know what? I like that. The, the first half was beyond ridiculous. I had super fan Dan over and we were watching it. I was so deep in the tank at halftime that I forgot that I had a spot on this, this gambling show VSIN or whatever. And they were calling me and I was like, you know, I didn't even want to look at my phone. And then I realized I had the spot. I had to run down. 
Then they were asking me about the Vikings game. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And I, we almost shut it off. Like, cause there was bowl games going on and stuff like that, or at least put it on one of the secondary screens. And, you know, then the Vikings scored the one touchdown, but the Colts got the field goal back even late in the third quarter. It was still super duper lopsided. What was it? 36 to seven with a minute 30 left in the third quarter. And then from there on out, the, the comeback, they just started chipping, chipping, chipping away. And obviously they got the game into overtime and completed the biggest comeback in NFL history. But it was stupid that they even had to get there. Because in the first half, the Vikings basically just showed up to that game with a machine gun with a loaded clip. And in the, the first two quarters, just proceeded to unload every single bullet into their feet. It never should have gotten to that point. But it was really cool to see them come back once it had. To keep with the movie, Chris, or Christmas movie thing. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Yeah, right? Yeah. What it was like. <laughs> Is there anything you can do? Can we do something with a magic horseshoe? Because it was taking on the uh, Indianapolis Colts and the horseshoe on their helmet. And uh, the Vikings, on the right side of history for once, setting the biggest comeback in NFL history. Poor Matt Ryan now on the wrong side of history twice in the Super Bowl, blowing the big lead, now the biggest regular season loss. I'd like to say we could use something with the horseshoe. I just don't know what that would be. To Thor's point, I'm not sure I've ever watched a worse half of football. There was very few things that you could pick out from the first half and say, well, that was okay. You had a pick six. You had penalties. You had not, I don't want to say it was bad defense, but it wasn't really good. It was just... uh, I'm honestly struggling to even put words to the first half. And I was ready to come in here and just tear this team apart. And then we saw an entirely different game in the second half. And you you guys know, you know this just as well as I do. You can spin this narrative any which way you want, right? You can say, well, they shouldn't have been down 33 to nothing. Or you can say, yeah, look at what they did. They made history. (laughs) I look at it as a little bit of both, right? You can't put yourself in that spot to get down like they did, but it also takes an incredible group of players and a resilient team to go into halftime at 33 nothing and say, you know what? We can still win this game and actually believe it. I think oftentimes players, coaches, and teams will say it, but they know they're just saying it because they have to. Yeah. I think this team actually believes they can win any game they're playing in. And then you hear the story about Patrick Peterson telling the offense, we only need you to score five touchdowns. And again, he's not joking. He's being serious. So I'm choosing positive with the way this season's gone, positive Ross avoiding the pain. I am choosing to be, a lot more positive about the Vikings Colts game than I am negative. I mean, it's we've asked ourselves time and time again on this podcast in particular across all of our purple daily stations. And I'm sure across all of the Minnesota Vikings fandom, you know, is this truly an 11 and three team and how sustainable is it for them to keep coming back? Clearly it's sustainable because they continue to do it week after week. It's frustrating. It's a roller coaster of emotions. It's chaotic. It's hysterics. It's kind of, it's frustrating and exciting all rolled into one. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, it's another victory. It's another feather in the cap for KOC. It's another feather in the cap for Kirk Cousins. Um, another one in there as well for Justin Jefferson. I want to talk a minute about Justin Jefferson. Not only is he on pace to get 
more than 1,900 yards this season. Not only is he on pace for probably 2,000, um, he just continues to do things. He gets that head-to-head from Stefan, <coughs> excuse me, Gilmore, manages to go into COVID protocol, or excuse me, concussion protocol. Which You're going to go into COVID protocol, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go into COVID protocol. Um, you know, but the way JJ came back, what more can we say about him? Well, just fabulous. And the the thing that's so fun, you know, when Randy Moss was on the Vikings, the thing that was so fun about him was a couple times per game, you were going to see something that you hadn't seen as far as the physicality, the speed, someone as long as that, just going downfield and then just uh, plucking balls out of the sky. With Chris Carter, you were going to see a couple things per game that you hadn't seen as far as the body control and the hands. With JJ, the thing that that consistently shocks me every single time is every single game, whether it's a, against elite cornerbacks or, or on down, you see him just shake people out of their shoes on the route running. The the, the one with the touchdown against Gilmore, he couldn't Gilmore could not have been more fooled. Justin Jefferson as a route runner, it, it sort of reminds me of in the World Cup game. The same was it the same day or the day uh, I guess the day after they went to the penalty kicks in the final game. And in the soccer, the penalty kicks, basically the, the goalie has to guess where the ball's going to go as the, the foot is hitting the ball or else he has no chance to, to save it, right? Sometimes he guesses right and then he's able to get his hand on it, whatever. Justin <clears throat> Jefferson's route running is like the goalie guesses wrong every single time. He's diving the opposite way that the ball is going uh, or like the cup game you see in the stadium. And every single time the cornerback at the end of it has to guess what what cup the the rock is under they always guess wrong and then you know i mean jefferson has he has athletic he, he's more athletic than jerry rice who's the other guy that you would put up with him as a route runner at this age but he you know justin jefferson is not as tall as randy moss he's not as fast as randy moss he doesn't have carter's hands and he doesn't have carter's body control but i think he's going to be better than both of them cuz the combination of things when you in, in conjunction with being an elite route runner every single week he opens your eyes to the dominance that you're seeing so I'm not afraid to bring this up, which is funny because at the beginning of the year, I think when we talked about the Randy Moss, Justin Jefferson comparisons, I think I said, well, why not? Let's just have fun with it. But at the same time, it's really tough to compare two different players, especially if they came from two different generations. They're close, but you know, separated by enough years. What more do we need to see from Justin Jefferson? Or I'll phrase it this way. How much longer does he need to have dominance like last year and this year to start to say and not be afraid to say it out loud, this guy could be the best ever by the time it's done? I think I mean, it's too I think it's too early to say that he is going to be, but we're not far off. Yeah, you you have a couple more years like this. There's no telling what this guy can do. I mean, that's just it. He's already shown us so much and continues to show us more week after week that there's no doubt in my mind that it is comfortable saying he is the best that there ever was. I mean, you talk about that on Gilmore, the way he broke Gilmore's ankles just to completely drop him. I mean, there's an intelligence there in that route running that is so few and far between when it comes to NFL players. And, you know, I've said before too, I kind of hate the comparisons. I hate making comparisons to players. I get why we do it. But uh, ironically enough, Kirill Kaprizov in the Minnesota wild locker room told us just yesterday after he reached 200 points in his career in 167 games, which is an incredible feat for those not familiar with hockey Thor. Uh, And (laughs) he had said, you know, I'm just out there doing my job. It's up to you 
the media to make the comparisons and speculate and what you want, which I think Justin Jefferson's doing the same. He's like, Hey, I'm doing what you guys are paying me to do. I'm doing what I know I'm capable of doing. You guys can say whatever you want. Cause I do think JJ just goes out there and competes and plays the game that he knows. And it's wowing all of us. Certainly. To, to this point, Randy Moss has been my favorite Viking of all time. And JJ, JJ is starting to, to sort of catch up in that regard. But one other thing I wanted to say about him, I could, I could wax poetic about JJ uh, for this entire episode and the next 20 as well. But Randy Moss, the, the one sort of nitpick you'd have with them was the, I play when I want to play, you know, sort of a deal or whatever. JJ is a gamer. Uh, we saw it in the Colts game. That guy got hit in the chest from from defenders that were launching themselves at him, trying to take him out of the game. And, J, you know, a couple of different times he had to go out of the game for like a play or two, especially on the one. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. The Vikings are trying to complete this. Come, or, you know, they were on the road of it. But now you're going to have to play the rest of the game without J.J. I, I think most receivers in the NFL are done at that point. And he took a couple shots like that. That guy's like a cyborg. His his route, route running it, it's the it's the artistry aspect of it, but the way he prepares and and then the way he is in the game, his mindset, it, he's like a robot. You cannot stop that guy, um, and and he's not flashy with it. You know, it, it's not like that. You know, the whole diva thing that we've got accustomed to from other elite receivers, you don't see that as much with him. He is a lunch pail guy and and a technician, and I I just really enjoy watching him. And going back to the hit again, that Gilmore had had it just. The amount of air Gilmore had to get to specifically go for his head and try to take him out still just really grinds my gears at this point. Like, I watched it again. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, why? Like, it's cheap. It's not okay. I'm glad that JJ was okay. But, yeah, I mean, you're probably, unfortunately, going to see more and more of that as Justin Jefferson continues to separate himself from the rest of the league. I also want to talk about KJ Osborne, boys. 12 catches on 15 targets. I mean, without question, solidifying his spot as a wide receiver, too, on this Minnesota Vikings squad, no? Well, yeah, well, wide receiver two or wide receiver three. But, I mean, in, in this game, he showed, like, I can be, uh, whether it's, like, an awesome wide receiver three in the league or maybe I even profile as as a guy that can be a wide receiver two. Or earlier this season, he was really struggling, you know, to the point we were banging the table for, we need to bring in Odell Beckham so that you have the third guy on the field you can consistently trust because, I was getting to the point where I wasn't trusting KJ anymore, but yesterday was sort of the throwback to when his game was jumping up uh, last year. And we were hoping that that progression was going to continue into this season. We haven't seen that all season, but yesterday we saw that in spades. KJ Osborne legitimately is one of the best players on the field yesterday. And the Vikings don't beat the Colts without him. And, And I think that this goes to a larger point of, you know, Jefferson had a great game. Cousins had a great game. Zadarius Smith, without doing too much as a pass rusher, had a great game because uh, he really addressed the, the Colts' run when the Colts went to run, run, run to try to kill the clock in the second half. But, the, you know, some of those Vikings, that their premier players uh, were great, you know, as, as they usually are. But so many secondary players on the Vikings stepped up yesterday where if they had not, the Vikings would not have completed that comeback. K.J. Osborne front and center there. Duke Shelley, my man, the GOAT Duke Shelley. He had the best PFF grade of any Viking player on the entire field, and and he played the entire – he played 79 snaps. Duke Shelley had an 83.9 PFF grade, 88.3 coverage grade. And then he had the game-saving tackle on Pittman where where he got him before the first down line. But there were so many guys like that, Uh, DJ Wanham, uh, 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 Atomwo, 
you know, these secondary players that came in and played really, really well in these sort of, whether it was bit parts or whether, you know, in the case of Shelley and Osborne, they had to play larger roles and play the entire game. But very impressive, both by the front office for identifying those guys and then the coaching staff for building them up. Well, and then we haven't even talked about Dalvin Cook, who had a decent game yes. on the ground. Obviously, that screen pass. Back. Yep, that screen pass where he just wouldn't go down scoring a touchdown. Uh, don't forget about our guy Johnny Munt, also TJ Hawkinson with some nice catches. And it took a while to find him, but Adam Thielen late in the game, Mr. Reliable, catches the ball literally almost every time it's thrown to him. Thor, to your point, you can't complete a comeback like that with just Justin Jefferson as good as he is. So nice to see everybody else step up. And one more final thing on Justin Jefferson, even though we're trying to give KJO a ton of credit here, which he deserves. And I think I brought it up on this podcast before. Justin Jefferson should get notoriety for how much of a freak athlete he is, the catches that he makes. He's virtually uncoverable. The only people who can cover the cover cover Justin Jefferson is basically the Minnesota Vikings themselves with poor game plans or just not getting him the ball. You mentioned Randy Moss. Okay. Justin Jefferson's a better route runner than Randy Moss. Maybe not as gifted athletically, but he's a better route runner than Randy Moss. And again, people don't want to talk about it because it's not a sexy thing to talk about. He's a great run blocker. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson gets after it in the run game. And I know his teammates appreciate that. And look, if you're a team like the Minnesota Vikings that has a good running back, a couple nice ones, and you do need to run the ball a bit to set up that passing game, it's important for your receivers to run block. And Justin Jefferson does that. And obviously we cannot continue to give accolades without a shout out to Kirk Cousins. His second Big game deficit to come back from the last game he won was a 24 deficit. The you like that game for the Washington Redskins when they went on to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week seven of 2015. Uh, I mean, Kirk just he's surprising me. I'll say it. I've never really been fully on board the Kirko chains train until this year. Um, Kirk is is we maybe laughed at first when we thought he is going to lead a team to the Super Bowl, but obviously none of this really happens without his continued leadership and resilience on the field too. Yeah. He, he, he's sort of steady Eddie. Right. And, and the way that people degrade him, it's like, Oh, he's a system quarterback. And, and that's, you know, probably the case, but he's the best one of his kind, I think in the NFL at this point, um, you know, unless you could sit well, he probably passed Tom Brady in that, I, I guess. But I mean, like, you know, the, where, where that sort of benefits him is even when they're down 33 to nothing, Kirk never changes right? The circumstances around him change, the personnel changes, but Kirk never changes. And like, it, it was so cute at the end of the game when Palisaro went up to him with the microphone and he was like, Kirk, you just completed the best comeback, you know, the biggest comeback in NFL history. And Kirk was like, what? And he, he needed him to repeat it, you know? And, and like, he just sort of took the moment to like, uh, sort, sort of let it fall over him and process it or whatever. But he's not a guy where he gets caught up in the things going around him. And I think that's, you know, it's both something that people criticize him for, but it's also what it allows him to make some of these comebacks. Cause it was like the, the second biggest comeback too. He had that, you know, the last however many years when he was with the Redskins, they had some enormous comeback. And then, you know, like even other games this year, like against the bills when they were down and everyone had stuck the fork in the Vikings already. And they come back. Kurt's just steady Eddie. And, and when the circumstances around him are right, he can put up bazooka numbers. And you saw that in the second half, especially when they got the Colts on their heels. Every single read was correct. 
he, he was hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, and then you know allowing the receivers that to do their thing or the Delvin Cook thing. You know, what, you know, he, he got all the yak yardage on his own, but the rest of it, I mean, Kirk had him on their heels and and with the receivers, whatever. Um, it, it, that that speaks to to Kirk Cousins as a player, and yeah, with the right uh, personnel around him, he absolutely can make a Super Bowl. So I want to point out that Thor indirectly may have either just compared Kirk Cousins or said that Kirk Cousins is better than Tom Brady. I heard I heard that. I right thought now, I heard that. Yeah. I saw you snicker at it too, Jesse. But that gives me a chance to hop in and kind of back up a little bit what Thor said. Thor said that, you know, he's the steady Eddie. He stays the same. Kirk Cousins does. I believe it was Michael Jordan. So now I'm going to compare Kirk Cousins and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Didn't Michael Jordan when asked? We are asked, just all in exactly, on Kirk James. Like, exactly. He is the best thing ever in the entire world. Better than Michael, pizza. Michael Jordan was asked about his performance in big moments. And he said, well, I don't change. Everybody else around me changes. If you can get into um, about quarterbacks in general, if you can get a guy like Kirk Cousins playing that position, that is the same up 33 nothing or down 33 nothing. You might just have something. And I think we need to take note of the importance of quarterback and head coach and maybe offensive coordinator relationship. And let's just continue to see how this plays out this year. Does it lead the Vikings back to an NFC championship game? Does it take them to a Super Bowl? Can I can I say that word? I'm not sure if I can, but I just did. I, I, I continue to be incredibly intrigued because I'll be honest, and I know I'll get some hate comments for this. At 11-3, and three, I still don't know what to think about this team. I, I'll tell you again, when the Vikings lost to the Lions, I said this doesn't really change my perception of the Minnesota Vikings. That comeback win doesn't really change my perception of the Minnesota Vikings. I think at this point, we know who the Minnesota Vikings are. They're a good team. They're not a great team. They can beat good teams. They'll need some things to go their way, but so will plenty of other teams in the NFL. It's I, sit back, relax, and enjoy it. That's all. That's all I can say because you just don't see seasons like this very often. No. And before we get critical, which I know our fan base absolutely hates, I was laughing about that this morning. I was like, you know what I've realized is Minnesota sports fans hate any sort of criticism and yeah, not even yeah. like negative criticism, but just being like realistic, like, hey, yeah. but this wasn't perfect and this wasn't perfect. And they're like, ah, get the pitchforks. So bring your pitchforks out of me before we get to some slight criticisms I might have. Um, Ross, is there a place that I could go get some alcohol to wash down? My negative feelings. Oh, absolutely. Great place to get some alcohol for all your holiday parties. Christmas right around the corner. That's Lake Ridge Liquors. Huge local craft beer selection. You know that by now because you know that. Or you know because you've been there to pick up some before we die from Surly. They have that. Plenty of other great Surly beers as well. Over 1,000 wines in stock. I'll say that again. One thousand wines in stock and don't forget about that 40 foot long wall of whiskey including a lake ridge exclusive barrel pick of jefferson's rye single barrel single barrel only four barrels made it to minnesota they got one a convenient location just 30 seconds off of 694 on rice street with great prices great service a great locally owned staff operated by minnesota sports fans how can you not support lake ridge liquors they even have a rewards program you mentioned score north they're going to load you up with five dollars in rewards yeah super simple just mention score north sends you and restock your liquor cabinet for those upcoming holiday parties again 
Lake Ridge Liquors, just 30 seconds off of 694 and Rice Street. And Jesse, you know, it's the giving mood, right? Giving yeah. mood, giving season. I'm in the giving mood today because this is the type of year where we need to help others. And people have maybe caught this watching this edition on YouTube or listening wherever they get their podcasts. This is your flu game, Jesse. You're you're battling through this one. So in an effort to help you, I am going to take some work off of your plate. I told you that you could do. I'm just going to handle it on my own. I'm going to let you rest your voice. And I'm going to tell everybody about our friends. What friends, you might ask? Well, that would be the Cousins Crusaders. A brief message on behalf of those crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. We have a group of crazy Canadians. They're Cousin Crusaders. Huge Kirk Cousins fans. Some like to call them stands. They reached out and asked Purple Daily if we would help them celebrate this incredibly fun season. We said, sure, why not? So we're helping pitch in and help Kirk Cousins charity. What a great idea. What a great cause. KirkCousins.org. Click on the donate button. Donate whatever you can, whatever you feel comfortable with. When you donate, mention it's on behalf of the Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. That's KirkCousins.org on behalf of the Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. See, and you do such a beautiful job with those reads anyway. Much better than my... When you guys see me hacking in the corner for those watching on YouTube, I'm okay. I promise it's something that has kicked in as of yesterday. I had to make it through one hockey game in this show, and I was like, it just it's, it boils up inside of me. The more I, I think about it, the worse it gets. I will say this today. I feel very tongue-twisted. I've had a tough time getting some words out on this podcast, so I do apologize and just shred me on the YouTube comments. If words like. are hard. Words are hard, man. Words I, are very I hard. sympathize. Uh, you know what's hard is for Jalen Regor to catch a football, apparently. Is there ever a reason to throw to him <laughs> ever again? Like, are we just, can we be done with this, I think? Certainly not deep. No, I mean, he, yeah, he's been a struggle bus his, his entire career with that. <laughs> Phil had, Phil had the stat that he, he tweeted out. Uh, I'm not going to be able to find it right now, but like, I, I think it was on career uh, uh, targets over 20 yards downfield. Jalen uh, Rieger is, he, he has gotten zero touchdowns and the opposition has gotten five interceptions. I and mean, he's got, he's only has a couple of receptions. It's, it, it's not good, but luckily uh, to, you know, to our earlier point, Osborne has stepped up, and so you don't need uh, Rieger out there as much. Maybe you know, maybe you can do a couple of trick plays with him on the end rounds, but you cannot yeah. target him down beyond even ten yards downfield. So I've either got to be short stuff or end rounds, or just use him on the returns. Just use him on the returns. I'm done. No. I'm over it. I'm just. I'm kind of done. It's not great. I'm done saying Rigor, Rigor, Rieger, whatever we want to call him. I'm just. I was shamed into changing my pronunciation. <laughs> I know. And then we stopped talking about him altogether because he does nothing very effectively. I think Uh, what we, I think we already knew it, but now we really know it is there's a reason why Philadelphia was, I don't want to say eager to give up on him, but the price tag to get him was, yeah, Ah. the, the, the price tag to get him was not nearly what it was for the Eagles to draft him. So, but players that we, yeah, I it, it, it was it's okay. So this is according to Phil's tweet on Saturday. Rieger five for twenty-eight on career targets of twenty plus yard passes, zero touchdowns, five interceptions for the opposition, never throw it to him downfield ever well, again. And that's to me, that was the perplexing part of the interception that cousins threw one of one of two in the day. The one was awful. That one I don't even know how the second one that was too 
Ragor Rieger. I don't know how much of that you can actually put on Kirk Cousins, but he just stopped running the route. I mean, that that's a problem. I mean, I remember that from flag football back in the days. You never stop running your route. And if you do, the quarterback needs to see that. Yeah, it's just that makes no, elementary. no I, I, sense to me. I need to go back to this. Jalen Rieger has erroneously guaranteed more victories against the Detroit Lions this year <laughs> that the Vikings have not won than he has touchdowns on 20-plus yard targets in his career in the NFL. Don't yeah. throw it to him ever again downfield, please. Ever. Also, ever again. We talked about this last week. Of all people to get hottie and guarantee a victory over the Lions two weeks ago, why him? I will <laughs> say I have an, on good information that he was very much baited into that answer a little bit. So we maybe took it and run with it because sometimes us media jackals like to do that. Like to Jesse, he has not earned the benefit of the doubt. Don't give it to him. You I can like say, I could him. totally... I, have been a good authority was he was very baited in only Chris Boyd has, he was has just deserved like... <laughs> the benefit of the doubt he's the only one that gets one well players that I would like to see back with the Minnesota Vikings next year not uh Rhaegar, would be Patrick Peterson you guys dude has been playing exceptionally well uh as Ross had mentioned earlier he apparently was a big reason that they were able to kind of manifest this comeback comical or not saying hey we got those five touchdowns no big <laughs> deal what do you guys think do you want uh Pat P back in the Vikings. I mean, I think it's a pretty easy. Yes. I, well, I, I want him to, before that happens, I want him to run the 40 and do the shuttles. Uh, the <laughs> only question is with his athleticism, like how long can it keep going? But he's not only, you know, a, a solid starter for a defense of this team that, that has won uh, 11 games so far, but he's also, I mean, by any measure, the spiritual leader of the defense as well. Like it wasn't surprising at all. Like in the post game interview. So when the players were like, yeah, yeah. Pat P came into the locker room and he's like, we only need five touchdowns. And we, we were all looking at him like, what the, what the hell is this guy talking about? We only need five touchdowns. Dude, we're down 33 to nothing. And then like, you know, after they, they come back and complete it, you know, Pat P's like, I told you guys only five touchdowns. And, and it's not the first time it's happened, right? Like th there was a game earlier this season. Was it in Miami or wherever it was where Pat P was guaranteeing that he was going to have the game winning interception? Maybe it wasn't. I, I forget which game it was, but then he did That's false news. I've never heard that. No, you did. You want he said he, he's gonna have the game, the game ceiling interception. He absolutely had it. Like, didn't he, he, he have does this over and over again? I think was that maybe the Cardinals? He was gonna have the game winning interception against the Cardinals, his former team. I, I'm not positive on that yeah. either. Uh, Patrick Peterson, to me though, he's the type of guy you're always going to want back at the right price and the right terms. This is not a guy you're you're gonna give more than probably a one year deal to. But if you can fit him in under the cap it's always going to be worth it. And the reason why you don't want to give him more than one year is when he hits that cliff, you don't want to be on the hook for an additional year. So to me, it's always, can you make the price point and can you make it work on a one-year deal? Seems like he's okay with that. He did that this year. Hopefully he'll do it again because I'll always take the chance that it'll continue until it doesn't as long as it's on a one-year deal. A shining star on a, I'm just going to say it, a crap defense. Another poor showing from Ed Donatello's defense. Obviously, they were a big part of the second half comeback because, yes, the offense was finally able to score, but you also needed the defense to hold, except they are holding against the Indianapolis Colts. An offense that was without Jonathan Taylor after an injury. I mean, it's do we, do we change our mind about the defense at all? Has there been any improvement, enough improvement for us to be 
confident in it being a again a Super Bowl defensive team. Jesse, as you know, every time this year where you put the ball on the tee for me, I like to to rip at Donata. I I go back like Happy Gilmore and I crush that thing. I'm not going to do it here though. Uh, in the first half, when everything was going wrong, the two worst units on the Vikings. It was well, firstly the special teams, like we were talking about before. It was ten to nothing before you even opened your eyes, and that was all in the special teams, right? Like the long opening kickoff return led to the field goal. The defense held them. You know they they didn't give up many yards there. And then the the next one was the the block punt that went for a touchdown or whatever. And then you know seven more of the points came on Cousins and and the the pick six. The defense was consistently put into bad spots in the first half. But then, like you mentioned, after halftime, they played really, really well to, to get that back. And they had some huge stops and huge, huge different plays that allowed the, the Vikings to come back. So I, I didn't think that Donatel had that bad, uh, you know, poor of a game or the defense overall against the Colts. But then again, you do have to give the caveat. The Colts have one of the worst offenses in yes. the NFL as is. And Jonathan Taylor got injured right away by far their best player. I'll say this about Ed's boys here. If you want me to really buy in and think that this could be a team that makes it to a Super Bowl, perhaps wins the Super Bowl and lets the Vikings finally party with the Lombardi, be the reason the final three games of the year, be the reason the Minnesota Vikings hold on to the number two seed, play well at home against the New York Giants, win the game, go on the road in probably poor conditions and cold weather in Green Bay, Wisconsin and Chicago, Illinois, and be the reason you win those two games. Finish this year 14 and three, be the number two seed. And let me believe that you're heading in the right direction going into the playoffs where you're going to play better teams than the Giants, Packers and Bears. Start playing well against those three teams then maybe I'll start to believe in you. I'm with Thor. Look, I didn't think the defense played all that bad on Saturday. They really didn't, despite what the score shows. However, it's against a biblically bad offense with a quarterback that can move in the pocket about as well as I can. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to really give them any credit for it other than they did what <clears throat> they should have done. Keep doing it for three more weeks. Be the reason you're the number two seed. And let's go from there. I mean, can we also just take a moment to laugh at the rest of the NFL, which was just a chaotic weekend, starting with obviously Saturday's game carried over into yesterday with whatever happened to that New England Patriots team to <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys losing, losing to the Jags. Jags. I mean, just fantastic football this weekend and a lot of one score games. I mean, that includes, uh, I think, Eagles and Bears came down to just a five point game. I mean, some fun, fun the uh the NFL in December can really be a beautiful thing. I mean, it can just be really fun. And literally every play means something. Great time I, I, of year. I, I saw a cra probably the crazy, like even crazier than all the stats from the Vikings game. And, and there was a historical game. It's crazy. But an even crazier stat from the NFL, uh, by, you know, by and large in, in week 15 was you were more, if you got down by 17 points in a game, you were more likely to win it this week than you were to lose it. <laughs> there was either five or six, and only two of the teams ended up holding on to win that got to a 17-point lead. And then it was either three or four teams that came back and ended up winning once they had gotten down by 17. Just wild. We're living in such a bizarro world right now. I didn't even know that Trace McSorley still existed until he took the <laughs> field for the, the Cardinals, Cardinals yesterday. I'm yeah. like, oh, this this guy's still a thing. He's in the NFL, huh? I had no clue. Still a thing. No, you know who's still a thing too? Not going Brock well for Purdy. Brock 
Brock Purdy. Oh. He's pretty good. BCB. Yeah, per- Purdy's, do- Purdy's doing okay. <clears throat> Purdy's doing okay. Today. Not that I want to give credit to the 49ers, but Brock Purdy, Cyclones. McSorley is who we thought he was, and that exactly. it, it works because he's on the Cardinals. Exactly. Well, yeah. we'll talk a little bit more playoffs in Thursday's edition of Purple Dailies before we die, presented on Score North, as well as a look at the next matchup for your Minnesota Vikings. As always, we're slinging you Minnesota Vikings content each and every Monday and Thursday of the week, along with all of the other Purple Daily content. Realistic Randy, you got Boone, and obviously you got Judd. Phil and Dex over on all of their uh, vent lines content. Good stuff happening there. You can find uh, me as well over on the Twitter sphere, Thor on the Twitter sphere, Ross on the Twitter sphere. We're always just having a good old time, good old fashioned fun out there. Uh, and I'm still winning in Thor's hammers. We'll also discuss that come Thursday. You guys have a great rest of your week. Go Vikings. Skull Vikings. Hannah Penn.